Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Everybody's going to be camped in a way where they're all focused inward. Um, They're all looking toward the tabernacle. And so I titled this chapter, Jesus at the Center. I couldn't help, I couldn't get the Israel Hooten song out of my head. You know, Jesus at the center of it all. This chapter really embodies that. God has them all centered around him. He's the focus. He's the most important thing. Yes, you'll be broken down by tribe, by family, but everybody's attention and focus is going to be on the Lord. Many of us would be quick to agree that some of the Old Testament books can be rather challenging to read. From long genealogies to specified measurements with a system no one uses anymore, our attention often drifts to say the least. However, as Pastor Bill will teach you in his message today, many of these otherwise difficult details often have hidden treasures. In his study, you'll learn how the arrangement of the camps of Israel allude to a cross with Jesus at the center as the tabernacle. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Numbers, chapter 2, for today's edition of A Transforming Word. So Numbers chapter two, we just started last week and uh, opened it up. And, you know, the book is titled Numbers. And so it's, you know, we see a lot of numbers in the book, a lot of counting. Um, In this chapter, no different chapter two, there's going to be a counting. And God is, he's numbered last week, if you guys remember, he had them to number all the men ages 20 and up that were able to go to war. Um, he was getting that number of people together. Who can go to war? Who? What guys can uh, participate in the battle? And so we talked about being numbered, being available, being useful uh, to the Lord. This week, they're going to be broken down by their tribes. Um, how many tribes are there in Israel? Twelve tribes. Um, so we're gonna, they're going to be broken down in four sets of three. And um, we'll look at them as we go through them. Um, a few things I want to look at before we, we jump right into chapter two. You know, God's already, like I said, numbered the men 20 and up. And in this chapter, he's arranging the tribes, but he's doing something specific. The tribes are being arranged around the tabernacle. And I want to point that out because if we just read through the chapter, we could miss that. He's going to have them arranging their tribes, east, west, south, north. He's going to have them all laid out around the tabernacle. And the tabernacle, every time the camp of Israel moved, it was to be the centerpiece. And this is what's important and significant about that. The tabernacle was where sacrifices went forth. It was where people did business with the Lord. It was where the the priests or the Levites offered sacrifice, made intercessions, went before the Lord on behalf of the people. It was an important part of Israel's culture. This is where they would be ministered to and strengthened in the Lord. And so it's interesting as you look at how God camps them. Everybody's going to be camped in a way where they're all focused inward. Um, They're all looking toward the tabernacle. And so I titled this chapter Jesus at the Center. I couldn't help. I couldn't get the Israel Hooten song out of my head. You know, Jesus at the center of it all. This chapter really embodies that. God has them all centered around him. He's the focus. He's the most important thing. Yes, you'll be broken down by tribe, by family, but everybody's attention and focus is going to be on the Lord. Interesting, too, that God would, as he breaks them up into groups and by tribes and by their families, it was a big deal to God that they weren't nobody was going to be alone. No one's going to be a lone ranger. God said, look, you guys are going to be in this tribe. This is your tribe. This is your group. You're going to be together in this group. This is going to be the leader of that group. There was order to what God is doing. And I look and think God could have just let it kind of randomly happen. 
He could have just allowed it to be any kind of way, but God wanted there to be a sense of order. Um, he wanted people to know with whom they belonged, where they were to gather, uh, that there could be an accounting giving for them, that when men were needed to go, they could say, hey, Asher, Dan, Judah, Benjamin, we need this many guys from each tribe. There was some order to that. And so I'm reminded in this chapter that God also is a God of order, uh, that things weren't just kind of happenstance and, and all over the place. Uh, he had it laid out in a sort of order. So one thing I would challenge us to consider as we go through this chapter and we look at the importance of keeping the Lord in the midst, keeping him as a central focus of all that we do. God made us all with this need, a need for community to be around people. For the New Testament believers, we're not in tribes. What are we in? Fellowship, church. We're surrounded by the body of Christ. So we're in community too, right? God has in the New Testament. I'm not, I don't got the tribe of Bill. You know, you ain't the tribe of, you know, whatever you are, but we're also called as believers. God says, hey, I want you to gather together regularly with another group of believers. And for us, we, we do local church. And so one group gathers here, another group gathers there, but we gather together. Um, but even when we gather together, Jesus is to be the focus. Uh, whenever his people gather together, he should be the focus. And so whenever there are spiritual gatherings where the focus seems to be otherwise, we should be careful. That should be something that kind of sets us off. Wow, this gathering supposed to be a Christian gathering, a spiritual gathering, but the focus is not. I don't know if we mentioned his name. I don't know if any attention or any focus has gone upon him. He should be the center of focus and attention. So we should be cautious because men have that need in them, a need for community to gather around, to connect with people. And sometimes what I see take place is that the enemy will provide ways for people to meet needs that God has placed in us in a way that doesn't draw us near to God. We have a need for community to be a part of it, to be a part, to be, be, be with one another. And instead of gathering around the body of Christ, where the Christ is the center focus, people can find that same sort of community in a sports team. Uh, people can find that same sort of community in fraternities and sororities where there's brotherhood and sisterhood and close com communion and connections and commitments. The problem is with those things is while you gain this real sense of, you know, unity and, and camaraderie, Jesus is not the center of it. And you've got, you know, deep fellowship and friendship with people that don't know God, that don't belong to him. And that can come back to hurt people. And so God wants us to be gathered around with his people with him as the focus. And so we should be cautious about that. Also, we want to be careful about being long rangers. As I look at this, God organizing them. Nobody would say you go out there all by yourself alone. People were to be together. So as you're as a believer, there should be every believer here should be able to say, I, I got these are some other believers that I interact with regularly. I'm not just out there on my own. I, got, I have fellowship. I have people that I connect with, that I walk together with people that know how I'm doing. They know what's going on in my life. I know what's going on in their life. We should all have those sort of connections as believers, part, members of the body of Christ. So look, look at chapter two, verses one and two. It says, and the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, every one of the children of Israel shall camp by his own standard beside the emblems of his father's house. They shall camp some distance from the tabernacle of meeting on the east side toward the rising of the sun. Those of the standard of the forces with Judah shall camp according to their armies. Let me stop. I was supposed to just read one and two. So first of all, the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron. So God is still speaking with them. We looked at that last week. 
Moses would continue to put himself in a place. He was always where God was and God was always speaking, interacting with him. He's the leader. He's God's man. And God is giving him instruction and direction. And this is how God wants him broken down. Every one of the children of Israel. So we got the whole people, the, the group of people shall camp by his own standard. The standard is going to represent the, their tribes. And then it says beside the emblems of their father's houses, it'll be family. So you got the, the whole of Israel. Then you have the tribe. Then you have the families, the individual families. And that's kind of how it breaks down. Interesting that each tribe has uh, an emblem or something that would represent it. So real quick, the four main tribes that are going to go forth. Judah will be represented by what? What, what is Judah rep- represented by? It's represented by a lion, lion of the tribe of Judah. Reuben, uh, represented by a, a man's head. Ephraim, uh, by an ox or a calf. And Dan, by an eagle. And I won't go all into this, but if you like to dig a little bit, there are people that have kind of taken these emblems and and it is kind of interesting that there's some connection that they make. If you look at the four Gospels, each Gospel, they say, you know, presents Christ in a different way. And Matthew's Gospel, Jesus is represented as a lion of the tribe of Judas. A lot is written to the Jews. And Mark's Gospel, he's a humble servant, the ox of the calf. And Luke's Gospel, he's the, Jesus, is, his humanity is shown forth. And in John's Gospel, he's the God-man, his deity is shown forth. And some people see a connection between these four emblems here and what we see in the Gospels. Also, if you just if you're interested in Revelation four seven, there's a description there of uh, one of the living creatures that has all four of these characteristics. So God wants them separated by their by Israel, by their own standard, by their father's houses. And each tribe is going to be represented by an emblem. And so look now at verses uh, three through nine. And this is how it's going to go to It's going to be east side, south side. My favorite west side and then um, the north side. And so it's going to break down like that. Each side, God's going to lay them out. And so look at verses three through nine. It says on the east side toward the rising of the sun, those are the standard of the forces with Judah. So before we look at that, I want you to know that they're being given a prominent place. The east is significant. What, what is this? The sun rises on the east and it sets in the west. Unfortunately, I first learned that from Ice Cube, but it's been verified through, you know, science books and whatnot. Um, the sun rises on the east. So Judah will it'll, it'll be Judah, Issachar and Zebulun that are going to be on the, the east side. They're being given a prominent place. They're going to be on the side where the sun rises up. Uh, they're going to have light there on the east is going to rise with them. And so um, the first three tribes that are given the east side, these are the sons that Jacob had. From Leah, the fourth, the fifth, and the sixth son. So I'm going to read verses three through nine now. On the east side, toward the rising of the sun, those of the standard of the forces with Judah shall camp according to their armies. And Nashon, the son of Amminadab, shall be their leader of the children of Judah. And his army was numbered at 74,600. Those who camp next to him shall be the tribe of Ishakar. And Nethanel, the son of Zuar, shall be the leader of the children of Ishakar. And his army was numbered at 54,400. Then comes the tribe of Zebulun and Eliab, the son of Helon, shall be the leader of the children of Zebulun. And his army was numbered at 57,400. All who were numbered according to the armies of the forces with Judah, 186,400. These shall break camp first. So what God is instructing them is when you guys get wherever you're going, 
and you break camp, they're first. This, this, this group right here, Judah, Ishakar, Zebulon. Now with each tribe, there's a person named as the leader. They're going to be the leader. They're going to be the one to, to go forth as, as the leader for this group. And we don't really get here information as to how the leaders were selected, um, but we will see next week uh, just how that uh, we'll see a lot about body ministry next week as we look at how the Levites break down and everybody has their part. Everybody's doing their part. But suffice it to say here, these groups, God said, this is your tribe. This is where you're going to go. Now they're given a prominent place. Some of the other tribes are going to be given other areas. So a few things here. God didn't ask them what they felt about where he placed them. God just said, you're going to go there. You, you, you there. That's my will. He didn't say, do you like it over there? Do you like the sun or you like the shade? You know, he didn't he didn't question them. He didn't you know, he didn't go there. He just said, this is where you're going to go. Some people spend a good amount of their life fighting with God and the lot that they've been given in this life. That God has allotted this in your life. God has said, I want you to do that. And there are people that spend this life resisting that going against that instead of Realizing that this is what God has allotted for me. This is this is my lot. This is what God has for me. Um, we want to be careful that we trust that the Lord knows best, that we don't resist God. We don't resist uh, his will, that we don't stand against what God is calling us to do or pointing us in a direction that God, if that's what you have for me, then I, I, I receive that. I yield to that. I want what you have. East side, I want to be on the east side. You know, they didn't get to rearrange this. They didn't get to say, you know, I don't like that side. I don't want to go here. It's kind of interesting. The women are going up for the retreat tomorrow. When I used to do the high school camps and one of the most difficult things, you have, you know, 80 some kids and you're getting ready to take them all up the mountain to a camp and each room could fit so many kids. And so you would sit down nights before because kids are getting signed up to the very last minute and you had to go ahead and go ahead and put kids in rooms. Inevitably, you knew this, especially with the girls. If you got to camp and Susie wasn't with Jennifer, but she was with Rashika instead, you know, it was going to be some problems. So as soon as you got there and you said, OK, you know, cabin number one and you name out blah, 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 blah. These kids, you guys go and take your stuff over there. And right away, there be some kids, oh, my, my friend, my cousin, my sister, you know, they, they weren't with who they wanted to be with. And we had to take a stand and just say, look, we'll be here all night if we make accommodations. Just go. You have all day to be with whoever else and y'all just going to sleep in separate areas. Y'all be OK. Um, but no one was asked. And we had to just do that as a as a matter of routine. Same with the boys. You know, wherever you got put, that's where you got put. We didn't ask you. We just put you. But it was always interesting at the end of camp. You know, the kids that were, you know, mad and moping around night one. When you get to be with my friend, you know, you find out by the end of camp. You didn't lose your old friends, but now you made some new ones and it was better for them. Sometimes God kept them away from the people that were going to distract them from hearing from the Lord. And so in our lives, again, God may place us and we may not like what he did. We may not think it's the best, but we have to trust him. I have to believe that the way I grew up was the will of God for my life. The parents that I had was God's will for my life. Where I grew up, how I grew up, the things that shaped me and so forth, that was God's will for my life. I can't be mad at it. I can't look at it and say, I wish I had a, had what they had over there. You know, when I was a kid, my next door neighbor, his parents, my parents divorced, his parents stayed married. 
And I remember feeling like he was spoiled. He didn't get spankings. And, you know, now I would get something big for Christmas, maybe, or a birthday. But I remember being outside one day and we were just outside riding bikes and playing around in front of the house. And his dad came home and his dad brought home a go-kart. And I was like, just cuz? Like, just cuz? Like, I, I was, I was, I was happy for him. But I was hating on the inside. I was like, that's man, I never get it. My mom, anything with a motor, my mom is against. No motor, you know, nothing, nothing, nothing. And I remember as a kid, there were times where I would look at his life and just be like, man, how come I can just have that? He gets everything he wants. When he gets in trouble, they don't spank him. You know, I get in trouble, I'm getting hit. You know, I'm getting a whooping, you know. They don't get a spanking over there, you know. It just seemed like it was unfair. But in hindsight, I had what I needed. I needed a whooping when I was growing up. I didn't need, if I would have, I, I did bad getting whoopings. If I would have had his life, I probably been a, I probably wouldn't be here right now. So I have to look at what God did in my life and receive it. My, that's my point to you, that we wouldn't resist the Lord or fight him. We'd embrace what he's doing. And so these three tribes here, they're going to be on the east side. Um, these are, Judah is the fourth son um, that Jacob had with Leah. Ishakar is the fifth and Zebulun is the sixth. And again, these are all sons that Jacob had with Leah. For you guys that remember when we went through Genesis, you guys remember that part where they were, I told you they were having a baby making contest. Y'all remember that? It's kind of like some of the people in our church. They just, just make it, it's like a baby making contest. Seven, seven, just only seven, you know? So, uh, you know, but, but back then they were actually going at it. They were, you know, making up, they were going back and forth. Leah was having kids, offering up her handmaiden, so forth and so on. And so all these kids resulted from it and which makes up the tribe. Look at verses 10 through 16. Now this is the South side. So on the South side shall be the standard of the forces of Reuben. So Reuben is the prominent person of this grouping. Judah was the prominent person of the three tribes, Judah, Issachar, and Zebulon. And Reuben will be the prominent person of these three tribes, which is Reuben, Simeon, Reuben, Simeon, and Gad. On the South side shall be the standard of the forces of Reuben according to their armies. And the leader of the children of Reuben shall be Eleazar, the son of Shadur. And his army was numbered at 46 those who camp next to him shall be the tribe of Simeon and the leader of the children of Simeon shall be Shalumiel and Zerishadai. Zerishadai. I like the Shaddai part. I got that right. Zerishadai. All right. And his army was numbered at 59,300. Then comes the tribe of Gad and the leader of the children of Gad shall be Eliasaph, the son of Reuel. And his army was numbered at 45,650. All who were numbered according to their armies of their forces with Reuben, 151,450. They shall be second to break. So the second grouping here, the first two, Reuben and Simeon, Simeon, these are Jacob's first and second son with Leah. Anybody know his third son with Leah? For a million points in Bible trivia knowledge. Levi. Levi, all right, there we go, Levi. Ding, ding, ding. So she gets, all right, so it's Levi. Levi is not mentioned here. We'll see Levi in verse uh, 17, and we'll see Levi at the end. Levi is not mentioned for a reason. We'll be explained later, but Levi is the third. So the first son Jacob had with Leah is Reuben. The second is Simeon. And then Gad is the first son of Leah's handmaiden, Zophah. So if you guys remember, the women, when they weren't bearing kids, they were offering up their handmaidens and just to get kids. And in that culture, 
if you were barren and you took your handmaiden who was your property and I guess gave her to your husband and they made a kid, now it's your kid. But it never really worked out great. You know, nobody was happy with the situation afterwards most times. So, um, but that's what was happening here. So Gad is the first son of Leah's handmaiden, Zophah. That's where these three tribes come from that represent the South Side. Once again, they didn't really have any say. Uh, we know that Judah, Ishakar, and Zebulun, they get the east side, they get the sunrise, and they get to be first. Now we have the second tribe here on the south side, Reuben, Simeon, and Gad. They get to be on the south side, and they'll set up second. They'll be second to break camp. They'll be second to break down when it's time to go. They'll be second in setting things back up, and God set the order as well. Once again, as I look at that and I realize that, you know, God didn't ask them. God didn't request. He didn't he didn't do a search and feel for how they felt about it. He just laid it out. You guys are going to go second. That's the way I want it. That's how I like it to be. Uh, we're going to see a little bit later that there's several times in the word where there'll be a, you know, the, the in the Old Testament, they would bless the eldest son. The father would before he died, he would lay his hands upon him and there would be a blessing upon his life and it was a double portion to the eldest son the younger son would get a lesser portion but there were multiple times when it was switched he's on jacob ephraim and manasseh there are times where it, it was it was supposed to go this way but god for his own divine purpose subverted what was normal to accomplish his will and so sometimes in our lives that's what god does to accomplish his will god will say that's that's it looked like this is what was going to happen but I'm doing this instead. And we need to trust the Lord in such a way that when God does things that are outside the scope of what we thought, I, I didn't see that coming. I didn't expect it. I didn't, that's not how I wanted it to go. That's not how I saw it coming, going down. That again, we would recognize God is sovereign and God is good. And we would trust him with everything that he's doing. And so once again, here for them, they're going to be second to set up. Look at verse um, 17. And the tabernacle of meeting shall move out with the camp of the Levites in the middle of the camps as they camp. So they shall move out everyone in his place by their standards. And so we get just a glimpse here. We'll get more of the Levites at the end of the chapter. But it says right here, the tabernacle of meeting shall move out with the camp of the Levites in the middle of the camps. And it's just reminding us that right in the middle of everything is where the camp goes. The Lord is kept right at the center of everything. There won't be anywhere where anybody's camp where they can't see the Lord. You might not be on the side of things where you can see the sun the best. You might didn't get the east side where the sun is rising at, but you might not get some of those amenities that you had wanted. But everybody will have equal access to the Lord. Everybody will be camped around the tabernacle where they'll have equal access. And so the same is true for you and me. We may not have certain things that other people have. There may be things that you don't like. There may be a hand that you were dealt that you don't like necessarily. But everybody in this room has equal access to the Lord. The Bible says that we draw near to him. He does what? He draws near to us. God said, you just uh, you can have as much as me. You, you have as much of me as you desire. You seek me. I will be found by you. I'm not hiding. I want to be intimate with you. I want to grow. I want you to grow in your relationship. I want you to know me better and better and better. And so here God says, look, everybody, you don't worry about where you were placed, north, south, north, south, east or west. But look right in the center of the camp is a tabernacle. And so the Levites, why they weren't in the count was two reasons. The Levites don't go to war. They have a job. They have a full time job. Their job is the ministry full time. God didn't want them distracted with other things. God said, I want y'all focused. 
You, your job is the tabernacle. I want to make sure that thing is set up. Whenever we get somewhere, it's set up and it's set up right. Once it's set up, you guys know how to run it. You guys know what goes where and how things are to be taken care of within the tabernacle. I want those things taken care of. That's what you do. That's your full-time gig. No distractions, nothing else. You serve me like this. That's all we have time for today on A Transforming Word. Thanks for tuning in. Pastor Bill Buffington has been teaching through the book of Numbers, and we pray that it's been eye-opening for you. In this book, you see how God dealt with sin and disobedience in the Israelite camp, but you also get a sense of how God delights in obedience and a soft heart. The people then were no different than people today. It's all human nature, plagued with the curse of sin, but God didn't leave their side, and He remains by your side today. So if you're ever in doubt about God's goodness, faithfulness, or steadfastness, be reminded that God cares about you, loves you, and is there for you. We hope you continue to learn more from the book of Numbers, and we encourage you to read ahead on your own. If you're interested in listening to additional teachings from Pastor Bill, you can find them on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. We'd be happy to meet you too. If you live in the Inglewood area or happen to be passing through, come join us for worship this weekend. You can get service times and location information at calvaryinglewood.org. You'll even find links to stream our services if you're unable to be with us in person. Then you can catch up on previous messages online. That website again is calvaryinglewood.org. Before you go, we want you to know that we're grateful to have you as part of our listening audience, and we pray you continue to look to Jesus. Thanks again for joining us, and be sure to catch our next edition of A Transforming Word.